All right. First of all, a disclaimer. Force and Destiny is a Star Wars role-playing game. We are not associated with Disney or with Star Wars. We are reviewing this. Um, we are reviewing the system, and we are playing it, and we love it. All right. Uh, Fantasy Flight, it sounds like they are um, going over a bit of a um, regime change right now. So, it can be kind of hard to find these books. And when you do find them, there are so many. Um, there are three core rule books, and there are tons of modules, tons of add-ons. I want to tell everyone right now, you only need one core rule book to get started. If you want to do Jedi, you should be playing Force and Destiny like us. If you would rather go the smuggler route, then you should grab Edge of the Empire. It's very Outer Rim focused, and it has all of those fun um, Boba Fett, Mandalorian type um, storylines inside of there. Lots of good smuggling and bounty hunting. And then, if you want to play a, um, if you want to play a stormtrooper, part of the Empire, or if you want to be part of the Rebellion, you should grab Age of Rebellion. And that is very war centric. It has all of the big machines in the core war in the core rule book, and it is um, a great rule book as well. But you only need to pick one of those. These books can get expensive, um, so don't throw yourself into a world of debt because you want the entire set, and it will be hard to find the entire set. So um, grab a core rulebook, and then if you have players that are really interested in, say, bounty hunting, you can grab the Bounty Hunters add-on. If you have players that are very interested in being mystics and um, following the dark side of the Force, there is a book for that. So you can definitely branch out, but I would say grab a core rulebook and get the feel of the game before you buy all the add-ons. The other thing you're going to need to get started is the dice. Um, the Star Wars role-playing game has a very strange set of dice. It takes a little getting used to, but it is very important to how the game is played. You can, um, there are tables to use with um, using your normal D12s and your normal D8s, but I would recommend getting the dice if possible, and if not, then grab an app. There are a few good apps out there. I think there's one from Fantasy Flight Games that has the dice on it, so go out there and grab the dice app uh, because the books are written um, with the dice in mind. So when it tells you to roll purple dice and red dice and green dice, you know which one to pick up. All right, well... That should be enough to get you started. Um, the great thing about Force and Destiny as well and these other um, Fantasy Flight Star Wars games are you don't necessarily need a board with minis on it. I love minis. I love making terrain. So there's going to be a lot of Instagram posts and blog posts over the next few weeks where I'm showing my painting and... Um, the process of making all of this terrain. But it is made so that you can play it without any minis. You can do it just with um, a couple pieces of paper and um, and the dice and the rule book if you so desire. 
Okay, and the main piece of paper that you are going to want out in front of you is your character sheet. Um, just like most role-playing games, there is a character sheet uh, specifically made for Force and Destiny. Okay, um, the Age of the Empire and the Edge, man, Age of Rebellion and Edge of the Empire um, systems have slightly different character sheets. You can get away with um, taking a character from one campaign to the next, but there are one or two differences. Um, we're not going to go over those today, but we are going to go over what is on this sheet. So we have character name, species, career, pretty self-explanatory things you'll see on other RPGs. But then you have a specialization. So within a career, you're going to have specialization trees that you buy with experience points and you are going to um, and you're going to specialize becoming a better um, force user in one certain um, aspect. Yes, go ahead. Uh, so one thing to also note with this game is that there's no such thing as levels in this game. Yes. Uh, this it's one is, of the things I like about this game. Yeah, I, I do really like it because uh, everything runs off of experience points. So uh, was it end of every session? Yeah, every session the players um, should get somewhere between 15 and 30, I think is what the rule book says. Okay, and dependent on what happens and what they do. Yeah. They get, yeah, and um, it gives the GM a way to reward the players for um, for interacting and for um, being outgoing and um, thinking outside the box. Uh, so then, when you're starting with your character, you don't have uh, you don't have like a class that you're going into where you get automatic levels or automatic something everything that you have there you have to purchase with a starting experience point. Pool. Yes. Yes. Uh, ranging, was it uh, about 100, roughly? Yeah, so um, most species start with 100, um, give or take 10 points. Um, some species that have like extra strength or some like extra mental abilities might start out with 80 or 90. Um, some that are a little bit weaker might start with 110. It depends on what species you want to start with. Okay, uh, so I think actually now is probably a good time to go into some of like the core stats. Yes. Uh, so we have brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower, and presence. And yes. already just looking at this, I think it's kind of cool that there's only two physical stats and yes. the rest of them are mental. Uh, would you mind going into that? Yeah, definitely. So brawn is what it sounds like it is the strength stat it is the one that factors into your soak value and and soak functions like uh, damage reduction did yes. in fallout yeah exactly um it's kind of your armor type stat um and then you have your agility which is what it sounds like right um like a lot of role-playing games it is what is tied to using um, ranged weapons and it's also what you use to jump over, under, and through things, right? Uh, so then with intellect, uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, intellect's gonna be more of the book learning type, um, type stats, right? Um, if you have a good intellect, you'll know um, when you're doing lore checks or you're doing um, checks on certain planets, You'll have core worlds versus outer worlds checks, and those all come from your intellect. Now, 
that is different from cunning and cunning is more of the deception side of things more of the skullduggery if you will um your streetwise checks your survival checks all of those kind of things are going to come through your cunning stat and then we've got our willpower all right uh willpower is kind of an interesting one it links mostly to your discipline how um how you know, headstrong are you? Um, it ties into your vigilance stat, which is one of the two initiative stats. Um, vigilance and cool is the other one. And yeah, willpower is used mostly for those discipline checks. And those are very important in Force and Destiny because um, it is always discipline versus fear checks. And so when you see the Death Star and that sense of dread comes over you, you're gonna run a discipline check versus fear. And um, those can end up giving your character conflict, which eventually leads to the dark side, right? Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, that whole thing that Yoda awesome. says. Awesome. And, then, and that, uh, so conflict is something we'll talk about a little bit later, right? Yes, okay, yeah. yeah. And then finally we have presence and presence is your your charm presence is your cool presence is um your negotiation stat all of those things tie into your presence awesome and there's a whole bunch of skills i don't think we'll get into them too much here um but i can fly down this list okay let's, yeah let's do it so um astrogation is using um, star maps and going from system to system. That is long distance um, navigation. All right, athletics is what it sounds like, jumping over things. Charm is your um, you know, seducing people, you're being charming, you're being the Han Solo type, or even better, Lando Calrissian. True, true. Man. Um, Childish Gambino or Donald Glover yeah. did a great job in the Solo movie. I haven't seen it yet. Really? Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I liked it. A lot of people said it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie because it focused on the smuggling aspect versus like Jedi or the fight against the Empire. Yeah, space wizards and all that. Yeah, all that stuff that we're definitely going to get into. Um, but I had a good time. I liked it. All right. And then we have our coercion. Again, um, one of those... Um, one of those I'm going to talk you into something type uh, skills. We've got our computers, which is what it sounds like. Hacking, robotics, that kind of stuff. And then cool. Now, cool is an important one because, like I said earlier, it's one of your initiative stats. If you are launching a ambush on someone, if you are expecting a fight to happen, you're going to be using the cool stat for your initiative. All right, and then vigilance is the other half of that. If you get ambushed, if you are not expecting a fight, then you are going to be using the vigilance stat. All right, then we have coordination. That's another agility linked one. Deception is what it sounds like, linked to cunning, trying to deceive people. Discipline is that very important one to stave off evil. You know, those Jedi have to be very uh, focused, very controlled, very disciplined. Leadership, if you want to inspire the people around you, you should put some points into leadership, 
right? Um, that will be role played out. Uh, Misty's going to be our Jedi master leading our Padawan. So I hope that she uses that skill a good bit. You know, maybe she's, uh, maybe she's one of the leaders that yells at people. I don't know if um, she'd be using leadership or discipline or what, but we'll find out. It'll be interesting yeah, to I'm, see. I'm excited to see her, her leadership style. <laughs> And then we have mechanics. Now, mechanics is not the same as computers. Mechanics is going to be working on ships, working on bigger pieces of machinery, whereas computers would be more of your droids and um, smaller computers. Probably more like a hardware versus software kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a great way to look at it. Medicine check, um, just like most games, that's what you use to heal each other. Uh, negotiation, again, you're not quite charming the person. You're not really coercing them. You are instead negotiating. You're having more of a sit down. Maybe using more logic than anything else. Yeah, more of like, uh, yeah, intellectual battle of the wills type thing. All right. And then we have perception. That's what it sounds like. Very, very heavily used in Pathfinder and D&D. But um, I would say not as much in Star Wars. Right? Um, you're not necessarily going through the woods like, oh, I'm going to roll for perception. It's more, um, you know, situations are thrust upon you or you are ambushing other people. Then we have piloting planetary. And so that is within the atmosphere you are piloting. This is what you're going to use for speeders, um, getting spaceships up and out of the atmosphere. And then you have piloting space, which is everything else. All right, and that is separate from astrogation because astrogation is using the star maps. You don't have to be good at using the map to be the one driving, right? Right, so it's a, a difference of uh, maybe like trying to plot a path yes. versus physically like flying the ship. And I mean, would you say one example of like uh, piloting space would be trying to navigate around some gravitational anomalies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that is what astromech droids are made for. So R2-D2 oh, okay. is an astromech droid, right? So yeah. his whole job is to hook into, um, into starships and do those hard computational things to get them through hyperspace without running into any stars or any gravity wells. Okay. Yeah. Right. Did not know that. Yeah, they're kind of a... A do it all for the starship. They also do the little uh, maintenance things. That's why he has all those tools. And yeah. And if you notice, most Jedi's have some sort of um, place to put an astromech. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Anakin's and Obi Wan's had. Players, yeah. R two D two and R four. Um, that's where they shine is in the astrogation not necessarily the piloting unless you're r2d2 and then you just shine everywhere yeah he does everything he man. really does all right um next we have our resilience and that is a brawn skill so this is your physical resilience if you're out in the elements um say you're out on hoth then you're going to be rolling resilience checks to see if you freeze to death before you find a tauntaun to dive into all right skullduggery um this one was actually a new word to me when i first saw it it is kind of that um sleight of hand is what you want to think 
Um, any of your lockpick checks, any of your pickpocketing type checks are going to be skullduggery. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, the skullduggery would be like doing all of the really criminal stuff, but streetwise is knowing about the criminal yes. stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So streetwise, um, which yeah, is streetwise is exactly that finding black markets, being able to talk to people that are in the underworld without you know, pissing off a hut or um, getting shot in the bar. That kind of thing is Han going to be... first. Han did shoot first. You are totally right. <laughs> I will fight anyone that says different. Um, stealth is what it sounds like. You're sneaking around. You're being stealthy. That's what you're going to be rolling. And then we have survival. And that is tied to your cunning. So um, in Star Wars, yes, we do have our like jungle type areas where you're trying to survive. But also if your spaceship breaks down and you're losing oxygen, how, um, how survival minded are you? Are you going to be able to um, pair that with like a mechanics check to find oxygen somewhere else in the ship? Survival, um, like I said, can be very constrained to forests, which we are going to see a lot of forest planets in this um, in this season. But I am also going to try and weave that into some starship type things. And then finally, in our generic skills is vigilance. I already touched on that. It's the initiative skill if someone gets the drop on you. Uh, so then after that, there's the combat skills. And we have brawl, which is tied to brawn gunnery that would be firing like large weapons or like ship-based weapons yes exactly tied to agility we have the lightsaber which is tied to uh brawn yes and that's an interesting one um with the lightsaber skill you can make an argument that it should be agility you can make an argument that well i have studied lightsaber form so it should be intellect and there are ways to use your specialization trees to use any one of your abilities as your lightsaber ability. You do have to pay for that with the experience points, but it is available to you to use any one of your abilities, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and uh, that also kind of like represents that I've trained in the lightsaber, I've studied the lightsaber, will prove it by spending the experience points. Yes, exactly. Uh, after that is melee, which is also a, uh, a brawn check. So the difference being brawn would be fisticuffs, while then brawl, yes. melee would be uh, like knives or other melee weapons. And then you have ranged light and ranged heavy. I think ranged light would be like standard blasters and ranged heavy would be uh, what, like rocket launchers? Yeah, um, it would be rocket launchers. A lot of your like longer rifles will be ranged heavy. Okay. Uh, after that, it is knowledge skills. You ha uh, all of these are intellect based. There yes. are there's core worlds knowledge, education, lore, outer rim, underworld, and genealogy. Uh, I think all of those are pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Um, if if we have anyone that's newer to Star Wars, you have your core worlds, which are the center of the galaxy, the core, right? That's where most of the civilization is. Think like a Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant and politicians and senators, they will be the ones that um, you know about if you are core worlds intellectual. And then you have your outer rim, which is more of the Tatooine, more of the um, you know, 
hut cartels and all of that craziness happening on the um, outer fringes of civilization. Uh, so beyond that, on this like first page of the character sheet, we already talked a little bit about the soak value acting yep. as DR. Uh, then there is your wounds threshold. Uh, that is your hit points. Yeah, exactly. And then there is a strain threshold. Now that's a yes. new one. Yeah, so that's another thing that I like about the Star Wars um, system. If you get stunned, you aren't necessarily taking wounds, but you are out of the fight for a little bit. And that is, um, that will be reflected in your strain threshold. And then if that gets all the way down to zero, then you are effectively so stressed that you are not able to fight anymore. You are freaking out. You are um, unconscious. For whatever reason, you are mentally unable to move on, even though you still have some wounds left. So with strain then, can you only take strain damage from like stun weapons? So there is an option on a lot of melee weapons to hit using strain or wounds. Okay, yeah. but is that the only way that you can lose strain or? No, um, so yeah, there's a lot of combat ways to lose strain. Um, there's some force powers that take strain from people. Um, if you roll badly, it can take strain away from you. If you roll well, you can get some strain back and we'll get into dice here in a second. Okay. And I think it also does say somewhere in that, well, maybe for just some things, like you can spend strain to activate an ability or something. Yes. So yeah. that'll be kind of cool, the back and forth with that all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see, on the second page... Ooh, before you get yeah. there, um, Force and Destiny has one box that the other um, sheets in the other Star Wars games doesn't have is the Force Rating box next to your name up at the top of the first page. And that Force Rating is how many Force die you are able to roll at any one time. And we'll get into the dice later. Okay. Uh, so then after that, there's uh, Motivations... Uh, that's kind of like more character backstory stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so if you were listening to this, I assume that you really like these rules and um, like to know the minutia and maybe want to DM or GM this game. So if you want to be the game master, Star Wars is very good about making your characters flesh out their backstories. So their motivations are going to be, um, they want the downfall of the Republic or the Empire. They um, are motivated by family. Are they motivated by, um, by wealth and becoming rich? And um, there are, there is a whole section inside the book that helps your players walk through what are their actual motivations for being out adventuring. And I, love the system for that uh, and then further on it says uh, morality so there is emotional strength and emotional weakness and then there's also conflict and morality so uh, emotional strength and emotional weakness that's again more like a character based things right yes yeah and the book does have suggestions um, you can have arrogance and and pride like I am proud of what we are doing as Jedi but sometimes I'm also arrogant because of that and think that other people are beneath me because they aren't Jedi um, 
And so that emotional strength and emotional weakness gives, again, the GM something to work with and try and trigger those kind of emotions somewhere um, within the session, within the season, and um, and give them an opportunity to show those characteristics in their player character. And, and then, sorry. Oh. Uh, and then there is a uh, conflict and morality. So conflict yes. you already mentioned, right? That's going to be uh, how, like, maybe how many times did you use the dark side while you were fighting, or did you do an evil act? Did you do a good act? Yeah. Trying to, it, it's just a place to hold that until it affects your morality. Yes, and um, this is one that is different in the Force and Destiny game versus. Um, the Age of Rebellion and Edge of the Empire games because the Jedi are very focused on the inner conflict. They're very focused on their emotions. And so you should be giving your players options to um, to go to the dark side. You should be giving them conflict. Um, all sorts of situations where there is a moral gray area and they are... Um, forced to make a decision, right? And then at the end of the session, you'll roll a d10 and you will subtract that conflict from the d10. And if it gets into the negative, they're slipping to the dark side. And if it stays positive and adds to it, they're becoming more of a, a light side paragon, um, just you know, very devoted to being on the light side of the force. So um, there should be a little bit of give and take there if your characters um, if your characters want to stay on the light side, maybe you throw some curveballs at them, right? Yeah, that sounds like it's a lot of fun for the GM. It is, it is. Uh, so then after that, it is uh, kind of like uh, a place to hold your uh, weapons and armor, personal gear, uh, some of the talents and special abilities that you have uh, yes. based on the race that you are, you have different ones, uh, which we'll probably be getting more into um, when we talk about our characters. Yeah. One thing I would like to point out here is they have a spot to put the page number. And I love that um, because... Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because sometimes it is a headache to write out the entire special ability and like you forget to write a number or... A, a word in there and then you have to go look it up anyway so they have a spot to put the page number it's real easy to flip to it and be like nope this is what the rule book says here it is rules lawyer do you go away yeah or also just if you're straight up confused yeah or maybe forgot about what that thing does like you have the page number now to just easily flip to it yeah it's wonderful it's one of my favorite parts um, about these sheets uh, and then last thing is a list for force powers, which we'll probably also be getting into later. Yes. Yeah. Um, it should be towards the end of session one. Okay. Um, yeah. So next, let's talk about our dice. Um, force and Destiny has a very unique dice system. All right. And it can be kind of daunting getting started because there are a lot of new um, symbols to get used to. So. If you have these, feel free to follow along. There are the green die. Um, a green die has um, a couple of blanks. It has a blank side. Whoop. 
I just dropped it. It has these bursting bomb symbols, which are your successes. And so if you are trying to shoot something or you are trying to um, to deceive someone or whatever, you want to see a lot of these bursting um, success symbols. All right, and then the other symbol on this die is, I don't know, what, what do you call that? It's like kind of some wings. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it could be a, a symbol for... Uh, I don't know, because it's not like a Republic symbol. It's not like... Yeah, I'm going to have to go look that up. Yeah, you yeah. can Google what, what these symbols are, but this is actually to denote advantage. Yes. And with advantage, uh, there's actually a sheet that we have that you can uh, find what... Oh, there it is. Thank you. Uh, so you can actually spend advantage uh, to do several different things. Uh, recovering strain for instance, or adding a, uh, a die that we're going to be talking about later to someone's check to help them out, or adding like one of the penalty die to the enemy's check to give them you know, uh, a penalty for something. Yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of stuff. And a lot of weapons have um, a, a number of advantage dice associated with them to... Um, to hit a critical number, right? Um, for example, you have your holdout blaster. You have a crit of four. So you would need four of those advantages to activate the critical. And then you can roll on the critical injury table and your bad guy gets wrecked. All right. So success and advantage on the green die. And the other die that you want to be rolling is the yellow die and it has a lot of the same symbols it has the bursting bombs it has the wings for lack of a better word and then it has this lightsaber inside of a circle and that is your triumph that is the um that is the best of the best as far as the symbols go it counts as one success and one um and one advantage, but there are also certain skills that activate just because you got a triumph, right? And when you get one of those, you can argue with the DM that you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and how you end up like compiling this dice pool is uh, you look at your ranks in a skill and you, we look at your stat and like the main characteristics. So, for instance, let's say that I have a brawn of two, and I have a brawl, the melee attack skill, uh, with one rank in it. At that point, uh, you would assemble your dice pool. So, given that I have two brawn, that would mean that I would normally get two green die for that skill. However, because I have a rank in brawl, you do what's kind of called upgrade the die. Yes. So I change out one of those green die for a yellow die. Yes. Yeah. And technically these are called ability and proficiency die. So the yellow die is showing that you are more proficient than your average person in it. Um, but we're going to refer to them by their colors most of the time because it's that's just what, easier. Yeah. It's what's in front of us. <laughs> Yeah, so, and that also means, though, if I had two ranks in Brawl, 
I would be rolling two yellow die because yes. I had two brawl and then two ranks, upgrade two different die, ta-da. Yeah, and you have that potential to get two triumphs. You have that potential. Um, you have a lot more successes and advantages on the yellow die, so it is always better to upgrade them when possible. And one other thing to note, though, is if my skill ranks, for instance, go higher than my characteristic, at that point, either way, you just take whichever one has the higher number. So if I had five ranks in Brawl, for instance, and only a two in Brawn, you would have five green die from the ranks in Brawl, and then you would upgrade two of them because of your Brawn stat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So either way that you do it, you start with grabbing green die equal to the higher rank, and then you upgrade based on the lesser rank. Yes. Uh, it'll make a lot more sense as we move along. Yeah, definitely. And um, and you are always going to be running, rolling these opposed to other dice. Um, you know, there is the possibility of rolling just green and yellow dice, but at that point, you're probably going to succeed. So why roll it? Um, the counter to our green and yellow dice are our purple and red dice. So with the purple die, you have these pointy triangle failures. All right. The failures um, are your subtractions from the successes. And if you have more failures than successes, you fail. All right. And then the other one is this imperial looking circle. All right. Yeah, I thought that this was actually like the, the empire symbol, but yeah, yeah, it's a little different. No, I think it's supposed to be the window that's behind the emperor. Oh. Yeah, that's what it uh. looks like to me. Um, uh, that, that works. It's canon in our game. Yeah, or maybe the, the TIE Fighter window. It does look very TIE Fighter-y. Yeah. Yeah. So those are your disadvantages. So it is possible to roll a success with disadvantage and um that really adds to the narrative structure of this game i really enjoy it i'll get back into that in a second then finally on the red die we have a triangle inside of that circle it is the um it is the failure and the disadvantage symbols together and that is called a despair and the despair is just like the the jedi symbol with the triumph is one disadvantage and one um <clears throat> and one failure but it will activate all sorts of bad things for the characters they'll have weapons break they will have um, extra enemies show up there are all sorts of things that that despair could influence so the just for layman's terms the green die are the good version and the purple die are the bad version and then the counterpart to the yellow die is the red die yes and then we have our boost and our setback die so they are blue and black respectively and these are usually for environmental type things if you want to give a little boost to your characters say they um they're being cheered on by the crowd. You can throw them a blue die. Um, a lot of the advantage ways 
the ways to spend advantage is to give other people in your party those blue boost die. And they aren't as good as a green or a yellow, but they do help. And then the counterpoint to that is the setback die. And they are black and they have that failure and that disadvantage symbol on them. And they do the exact opposite. Say dust gets kicked up and it's hard to shoot. You throw a couple of black die in there. Um, if a planet has heavier gravity, you can add black die. Ooh. Yeah, I read that the other day. Um, you can add black die to every agility check while they are on that planet. That is awesome. Yeah. So the other really weird thing, though, is that you roll like the positive die and the negative die in one dice pool yes. that the character ends up rolling. Yes. And then you would roll for your guys the same yep. kind of a thing. So, for instance, if I'm shooting with my blaster at a person, I would try and figure out my dice pool, grab the green and yellow die that I need. And but I would tell you what the purple and red die were. Um, if you were at a certain range, um, say you are... Um, man... Say you are at medium range, you're going to need two purple die. And then if I think this is a harder enemy, um, all of the stat blocks will say um, if they have extra defense, then I would tell you to upgrade one of those purple to a red and dust is being kicked up. So throw black in there as well. And so you are then potentially rolling almost every die available yeah. to you. And then I would tally it up as to the total number of successes and the total number of advantages or disadvantages because they do cancel each other out. Yes. So that's very unique because I don't think any other game system, to my knowledge, has you roll to... Like, you're, you're not trying to hit a target number or something like an armor class. You're not trying to get a certain number of successes. It's yeah. you have the... Like you're rolling to see how many times you fail or how many times you succeed and then yes. see which one wins out. Yeah, I've heard this is similar to the Genesis system, but I've, I've never heard of that. But I haven't played it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you have, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want us to play something based off the Genesis system, let us know because I'm all about learning new ones. Oh, yeah. All right. And then finally, we have our white force die. All right, the force die are different than all of the other ones, and they have uh, white circles and they have black circles. And you have your light side, your dark side, right? So a character rolling the force die, as long as something comes up and there is something on every side of the die, they can spend it, okay? So say a light side user rolls two dark side points they can spend a destiny point or eventually they can spend strain and they can still use that. They can dive into their, um, into their darker emotions and use the force still to move whatever they want, you know, hurt people, throw things around, um, mess with people's minds. And there's also like uh, with some of the force powers, if you use dark side points, it does extra stuff yes and so that's always a temptation for your players um, especially the the ones that want to deal a lot of damage 
um, because the dark side's all about hurting people. It's all about, um, yeah, being angry. Yeah. And then if they get the the light side points, they can spend them without any of that um, with any of that uh, overhead. And also, if they use a dark side point, that adds to their conflict, which has to get yes. resolved at the end of the session. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of times when you know we want to to use the force, but you have to make that decision. And it's also like the environment that they're in. Like if, for instance, using this force power would save one of your companions, Ooh, yeah, you might just have to dive in just to make sure that they don't die, but that's gonna have consequences. Yeah, you're diving into your emotions. You're afraid to lose them. And so you're pulling them out of whatever bad situation. Man, being a Jedi is rough. It is, it <laughs> is. Um, yeah, I'm real excited to get started yeah and then the other way we use the force die is right at the beginning of every session we each player rolls a die and that number gets tallied up and we get light side and dark side points and there are little icons that come with the dice that you flip over there's just a light side with the Jedi symbol and a dark side with the Sith symbol and you flip them over as your players use them and it and then as more and more dark side points are accumulated then the GM can start using the dark side points to make problems for the player characters and they um, they come in handy as the GM I very much enjoy this narrative system is there anything else that you wanted to hit um no i think that's about it yeah um as we get into weapons and item qualities we'll do those um as they come up yeah uh, i know that this whole chunk is uh well really chunky uh but it will make sense as we begin playing the game we just wanted to get these absolute basics out first so that then when we say oh i got you know three failures but five advantage now you kind of know how that is coming about and what that actually means yeah definitely and if you are a lost gm i hope this helps you i know i was when i started um using the system but it is it's very smooth once you get running I really like it. Cool. Well, with no further ado, let's hear about the player characters. All right. So we're going to start off talking about everyone's Star Wars experience. Um, One of my first memories as a kid is my little brother watching Attack of the Clones on repeat. We had the DVD and it got worn out. We watched that over and over again to the point where I hated it. Then um, I learned to love it. Attack Attack of the Clones is probably my favorite Star Wars movie to date um, because of all the cool backstory, because of um, the clones themselves. I thought that was a really cool, um, yeah, really cool twist. And I 
love Star Wars now. I read the books. I've watched all the movies. I'm most of the way through all of the animated series. It is a very wide universe. There's lots of stuff out there. And as far as backstory, I'm going to ask you guys to give some character backstory, but I'm going to give you some kind of historical backstory that you'll need to know as characters. We are going to be playing 6,900 years before A New Hope. All right. Many, many years before. And part of the reason we're doing that is because there isn't much lore about it. And so we can do what we want and we don't have to worry about accidentally killing off Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader and disrupting the multiverse or whatever, right? <laughs> so um, we are going to be starting right after the Hundred Years War. So right around 7,000 before the Battle of Yavin, BBY, there was a divide among the Jedi where there were many of them that went to the dark side, there were fallen Jedi, and there was this huge battle, and half of the Order got expelled and sent away, all right? Um, you as characters do not know where they got sent, all right? And... This has left the Jedi Order pretty fractured. They need more masters. They don't have enough for all of the Padawans. And that is where you all come in. You have been raised in the Jedi Temple to some extent. And you are just graduating and this war has ended. All right. So... Let's go around the table, talk a little bit about your Star Wars experience, and then tell us some backstory on your character. So, Damien. Uh, yeah, so uh, I remember I was uh, a young child, and I was getting ready for bed. And then my dad came up and said, hey, get dressed. We're going to the premiere of, Reven uh, of Revenge of the Sith. So I got to watch that in theaters past bedtime. So I was pretty stoked about that. Nice. Uh, as far as Star Wars experience goes, I've probably binge watched the original six movies uh, at least seven or eight times. Uh, I got to watch... Um, oh, shoot. What is number seven called again? The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I got to watch Nerd. Force Awakens uh, like when it came out, which was pretty cool i guess uh but in my head canon seven eight and nine don't exist uh not gonna go much that's more fair into that. uh but i do really like the mandalorian um i've been watching uh star wars clone wars and it's just the best so so many war crimes right it, so many surprisingly dark for a kid's cartoon yeah it shouldn't be a kid's cartoon i totally agree uh but all the better for it um, yeah, I mean, I'm not as big into Star Wars, uh, like as, as you are, but, that's okay. uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, so for character though, uh, he has a, uh, a Kel door, which is what, uh, Plo Koon is 
from Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, his name is Kyrus Drone. And what do Keldor look like? Uh, so Keldor, uh, they are like this orange skinned kind of a creature with uh, four fingers and like their one of their fingers has like a giant claw on it. Uh, they have to wear breathing masks because oxygen is toxic to them. So you'll see them with like a, a breathing mask and some kind of like covering over their eyes um, to make sure that they don't fucking die while going and doing Jedi stuff. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, as far as like backstory stuff goes, uh, Kyrus Drone was a... A child who was born with silver eyes, which with Keldor, that means that they are force sensitive. And his parents were both part of what's called the Baron Doe, which is like the Keldor sages. It's what the Keldor before the Jedi contacted them, uh, what Keldor force sensitive people went to. Uh, and then he grew up in that society um, and realized that it wasn't all that he felt he was destined for. Uh, it was a lot of kind of like sitting around, foreseeing, and uh, what he will jokingly call just telling the weather. They do a lot of really important stuff, like guiding uh, government officials and everything, but they also do uh, sit around and like give warnings to, about uh, incoming storms and things like that that wreak havoc on their planet. Um, yeah, but then he thought that wasn't really for him, so he left without telling his parents and, uh, joined the Jedi. Wonderful. All right. Yeah, I'm excited to, to see where your character goes. Now, Misty, what is your Star Wars experience? I love Star Wars <laughs> with all my heart. <laughs> nerd i don't even care it's my favorite thing in this entire world um the first memory that i have of star wars is my dad giving me the original trilogy in the like anniversary edition box set and it wasn't mine, but I claimed it as mine. He basically was giving it to show me that he bought it. And I was like, oh, you got these for me? And he was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but I went to see The Phantom Menace um, with my parents when I was a kid. And my parents tell the story. I don't remember um, any of this, but they tell the story about how I was like, I think around like, two or three at the time and I went to this place um, called Media Play kind of like a blockbuster and I was talking with all of the workers about The Phantom Menace and like was swapping fan theories with them as like a three-year-old like I love Star Wars <laughs> like it is my favorite thing um, I definitely am not so immersed in it that I've delved into what are now legends or anything like that. Like, um, I just had always had this crazy obsession with the movies and like 
the characters in them. One time at Salt Lake Comic Con, I met Ray Park, and he is the character actor who plays Darth Maul. Have a super awkward picture with him where I am like literally geeking out. Like it is the most awkward picture. We'll post it to Instagram for your viewing yes. pleasure because it is awful. <laughs> but like I literally was like hyperventilating. And he was like, How are you guys doing? Like, thanks for coming by. Like, he was so sweet. And I was like, Hello, hi, how are you? <laughs> like, sweating profusely. Like, I literally felt so bad. Um, he put his arm around me to take this picture, and I genuinely, like, teared up. Like, obsessed. Like, the way that people get about Harry Potter, but, like, Star Wars instead. Um, yeah, like, it's it's my favorite. I could talk about this forever, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> All right. Yeah, tell us about your character. Um... So my character is Master Jedi Adetta Fawn, and she is the, uh, she's going to be the master for the Padawans, at, the rest of the Padawans at the table. Um, she is a Togruta, which is the same species as Ahsoka Tano. Um, and for those that don't know what that looks like. Oh man! Yeah, well, then it's a tough you one. need to you need to get on that because she's the best. Um, they are humanoid creatures with typically reddish skin, and then they have um, what are called um, montrails, which are basically like horns, and those horns fall into almost like a tentacle-ish looking braid type thing. Um, and that's that's what their hair is. Instead of having like human hair, they have these like horns and little braid tail thing. Um, and that is something that they use for um, like echolocation and like hearing um, and their they're, uh, well, it's 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 different for Twi'lek, but we'll know, but we'll get into that. Don't know that. Though. Yeah, um, they're they're really cool. So um, typically, they um, they try to like keep them ex exposed so that they can hear better, and they, it, I I believe it helps with their balance as well. It's it's really cool. They're they're cool creatures, um, but they're. So their skin is red, right? And then their um, their montrails usually have like a white and blue pattern. And this is this varies a lot, you know, depending on the species um, that they might have had kids with, or the different planets that, that they might have gone grown up on. But the typical Togruta is red skinned with blue and white stripes on their uh, head tails. And then they have these cool uh, markings on their skin usually um, that are just birthmarks. Sometimes they'll be tattoos, but most of the time they're just really cool birthmarks. And um, it just helps them blend in with the planet of Shili. Shili? I don't ever know how to say it, if I'm being honest. Shili sounds Shilly. right to me. It's pretty cold there. Um, 
Yeah. Wesley knows. <laughs> um, but there's like this really cool red and white grass there. And so it helps them blend in because they're hunters by nature. Now, with them being hunters, a lot of Togruta have a specific headdress. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to make me talk about their teeth. But um, wait, I'm really <laughs> curious. Now. They're, they're uh, carnivorous. So they have really sharp, pointy, scary teeth. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they're really freaky. Yeah. Um, but uh, the headdress. Sorry, <laughs> lost my turn of thought. Um, the head, the headdress that Joseph is mentioning is from uh, a, an animal on Shilly. It's called the Ackle, and basically, the Togruta have this um, tradition of sending out they're um, kind of like coming of age-esque little Togrudas um, on like a singular mission to go kill an Ackle. And they have to kill it by themselves. That's the rule. Um, but if they kill it, which the if is a big if, <laughs> um, usually it kills them. But if they kill it, then they get to wear their teeth. And they end up putting it as like a headdress for themselves, which is like when you see um, Shakti, um, another Jedi master that's a Togruta um, in the normal like Skywalker saga era, um, she has them and Ahsoka Tano also has them. They're like the cute little beads that you see around their head. So they're actually teeth. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and do you want to give us any backstory on your character? Being a Jedi Master, you've been around a little bit longer than these paddle ones. Wow, you just called me old? That's rude. Yes, he did. And I think it's because you are old. Respectively, <laughs> my. What do I call her? Ma'am. Master. Ma'am. <laughs> Actually, in Star Wars, um, instead of your normal sir ma'am distinction, everyone is sir. Oh, yeah. more like knights. So they're a little yeah. more progressive than we are. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Sometimes. Poggers. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. All of the clones call Ahsoka Tano, sir, because oh, she yeah. is their general. She is their commander. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Fun fact. But if you're a Padawan, then similar to military structure, you call the other Jedis by their rank. So, um, so Jedi. Jedi Knight. Whoever or master for me, Fawn. it's going to be Master Fawn, Porque, and Master. That makes sense. You Thank guys you are Padawans for having a pronounceable last name. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not spelled normal, but it it sounds. How's it spelled? P H A A N. Wow, that's not what I would have guessed at all. <laughs> it's because it's Star Wars and nothing makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole ton of backstory that I feel like is pertinent to this episode. But okay. she basically grew up on Chile for a little bit. Um, Togrudas are known for being very force sensitive in general, but they don't have as high of a metachlorian count. And so... I have a question. Yes. What did you just say? Metachlorian. <laughs> Do I know what it is? Sort of. Want to know why the answer is sort of? Because George Lucas isn't fully sure either sometimes. Sorry, George. Um, but basically, 
it, the metachlorians help determine like how force sensitive you are. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that Joseph can explain it better, sense. but nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he's like, nope, you got it. Time <laughs> we can just that's about it. Yeah, use it for a lore thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we could probably talk about it in lore, and that would help. Okay. Um, but basically, it's like the way I kind of think about it is like blood cells. Like if you have a high blood cell count, then it means something about Jedi. medical things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Yo, you got lots of blood. Yo. You ever think about lightsabers, bro? You got lots of blood in you, bro. <laughs> um, but metachlorians are similar in that like the more you have, the higher force sensitivity you probably have. Okay. Um, and so Degrudas as a species, they are very force sensitive, but it's more of a cultural thing. So she wasn't discovered in order to like go join the Jedi Order until a little bit later in life. So at that point, she had already killed an Ackle. She was kind of, um, she was about like 12 when she got found, which is pretty old to be brought to the Jedi Temple. Usually they're babies. Um, and from there, like, she just learned and excelled. Um, and now she's getting old. And now she's Aren't a teacher. Not me, though. I'm going to stop talking because you guys are going to get sick of my voice. Bye. <laughs> no, Tell me more about the Ackle. It's scurry. I'll show you a picture. Please do. Yeah. It's kind of a tiger looking thing. Aren't we all? Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> so, like Wesley... Hi. Tell us about your earliest Star Wars experience. I will. So my earliest, I think, so the earliest Star Wars memory that I can actually remember and recall is I was about 19 or 20. And I was in a, yeah, nuts, right? So like you guys, I mean, you, Joseph, you talked about how your brother would always play like the same movie on repeat. Yeah. And like, you were like, wow, this is like nuts. Like you play this all the time. And then eventually you were like, wow, this is pretty sick. I like this movie. I had no such experience. My, I do not have a memory at any, like even present day. I have no memory of any family member ever playing a Star Wars movie in the home. That's I, crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, the earliest memory I have of getting into Star Wars was I was either 19 or 20, and some friends, some work friends were like, Oh, you've never seen Star Wars? Well, we got to watch it. And I was in a room full of people, and I was exclusively the only person that hadn't seen Star Wars. I think we were trying to watch them in chronological order, which I believe means starting at movie four. Like, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, but four, five, six is like one, mm. two, three chronologically. Right? Like yeah. in order of release or in order? Like chronologically of in order of timeline, like in order of oh, events. That's... Okay, yeah. So you watched no. uh, four, uh, five, six. No. Because four, five, six is Phantom Menace. Four. There we go. Yeah. 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 Was no, there a child? That went yippee a lot. I, I couldn't tell you because I was the only one who didn't watch the movie or who hadn't already seen the movie. So everybody else was talking through it. And um I got nothing. Because oh, everybody else was like, Oh, I've awful. seen this already. Let's bullshit and like talk and while wow, it's going on. And like, dude, I made an active effort because all my friends like up to this point were like, You haven't seen Star Wars, like you gotta watch it. Like it's like the the series to follow, right? And um I, being moderately nerdy, well, I was like, Alright, I'll give it a try. And every like, and so that was my genuine like, okay, I'll give it a try moment. Like everybody wants me to watch it. We had like a date set, right? Like, we were like, hey, this weekend, we're gonna get Wesley to like watch this movie. It's gonna be cool. Like everybody's gonna hang out and we're gonna watch this movie. And then, um, I mean, yeah, I was like 
it was like the room was full of like 15 to 20 people and i was the only person who hadn't seen the movie so everybody else who had seen the movie several people who have seen it multiple times they were just like talking through it they didn't actually care and because like literally if i was not actively reading the subtitles like i couldn't hear the movie like whether it be blaster sounds or like engines or like what have you i couldn't hear it like i just heard the like the ramblings of my like my co-workers um and that made it hard to watch right so i just didn't and um yeah dude no one in my family is super into it i'm not even sure anyone else in my family has seen the star wars movie um so it's pretty close to zero my sorry yeah knowledge. hey yeah um, that makes of, me want to i'm like the guy right like it's like <laughs> fallout i don't know much and now it's like oh star wars what do you know and i'm like not much <laughs> next one is all you man yeah 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 yeah, yeah hey, i don't know hey peep the next it. game when i'm the dm I, it's still very little but it's a little more than the rest of them but um i'm interested like it sounds cool and like i've seen so my star wars knowledge i would say is like episode one of star wars visions and a new hope which i've seen with you guys recently um and um and I'm, i've always been interested in it like i've heard like random car concepts like parsecs being like a measurement of like distance instead of time and like i've heard 3.2 like, light years there you go and then um, that means something to someone i'm sure not me <laughs> <laughs> and like um other random things like um just like random very like like facts that i'm probably heard and forgotten but um i've never like i mean the only movie like i've seen a rogue one i don't remember it right i've seen the last jedi i don't remember it right That's and okay. um yeah so i'm i'm really going into it into this with like a new hope a last hope a new hope a new hope a new hope and episode one of visions being my star wars knowledge um yes. and like like fallout i'm gonna be like the person like both player and character that's kind of like grew up sheltered like doesn't really have much of a general knowledge of like the universe the universe as a whole and is like kind of discovering it as like the game goes on which i which i like and i think is really cool that being said um talking about my character she kind of grew up in and oh gonna, she's a she she's a she oh, yeah, it's okay. really fun trying I to love like, it. trying to spin that voice because i'm a jacked black man and i, <laughs> <laughs> and I am not a female Marilyn, Marilyn, Marilyn. I think is how we decided okay, cool, cool, to cool. say it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be nuts being a Jack Black dude trying to sound like a Marilyn female. But um, how she grew up was um, what do Marilyns look like before we? I'll tell you get too far like, away because I know that one. Um, they're like generally humanoid. They have like greenish skin normally, and they have like black tattoos that like kind of like symbolize things they've gone through in life missy's freaking out she knows the race i'm talking about i don't <laughs> but um they're like yeah they have like generally black tattoos that symbolize things they've, they've gone through in life so it's um and they'll either get a new tattoo to, to like represent things like their trials and tribulations or new tattoos will show up and um what i said or new tattoos will show up Poof. You right heard is that right that's right right yeah am i full of shit that's right right <laughs> So I think they they usually get the tattoos. Okay, maybe I'm full of shit. You being force sensitive, maybe they just show us. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, I'll wing it if I'm wrong. Force power. Suck a dick. Tattoo. <laughs> your force power. But um, but yeah, cool. that's me. Yeah. And there's been like there's been a couple in like the series that Joseph can name. Yeah, and I can't. Um, one of them is that one one. You know the one. And if you don't, it's okay. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so she grew up. And like, so like, 
one more time. Say the race name because I need to like settle on it. Marilyn. Marilyn. That's what we're going with. Yes. If we're wrong, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they like, there's not a lot about them. Like Joseph and I was talking about it earlier. And there's not like a whole lot about them, like lore wise, which is really cool for me as an ignorant player. Because Joseph and I can kind of take the idea and like run with it, like run with the emptiness and make our own story. More so my own story, which makes sense into this whole canon that I know nothing about. Um, but her parents were like, we're like hunter gatherers, right? So they like grew up on a, like a, a trader planet where they would hunt and sell like furs and like meats of like the animals they hunted. And um, my character, and I use dice for this thing, but it's Senyekt. Um, she discovered her force sensitivity through sensing the animals that her parents hunted, right? So like hunting became more efficient as she became more adept at like being like, oh, they're over here, they're over there, so on and so forth. And um, eventually like her parents were like the ones selling the most, right? Because the hunting became the most efficient. They had the most product to, f to sell both in like furs and meats, like as far as that's concerned. And um, that's how she was discovered, right? Because they like eventually would ask your parents, like, "Hey, how the like how the hell are you outselling? Like, how do you have so much more product than like all of your competitors?" And it's like, "Oh, have you seen my daughter, bro?" Um, probably not a direct quote. But you get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's how she would like be accepted into like the Jedi, the Padawan training, and then later on be like starting her journey. Um, and she, what she's really like her core motivations is like understanding of the force, right? Cause eventually she like, at a young age, she became like, she became aware of like this force for lack of a better term, that is the force. Um, but instead, rather than being motivated by like, I'm going to use this power for good or evil. She's more like, I want to know how this works, right? She wants like, I want to know why, like how this acts when like observed, unobserved, when I'm like actively like pursuing it. And it's not being actively pursued, so on and so forth. So sciencey. So sciencey, right? Like she wants to know how it works. Like absolutely. Like she wants to know the force, right? She wants to like like it's almost obsessive. Like she wants to know all the properties there is to know about the force, and that's what motivates her. Um, yeah, and that's me, and that's Senyet, and um, I think it's going to be really fun to play her. I have no idea about Star Wars. Senyet doesn't have a, like a, a greater idea about the world outside her world and like the Jedi temple that she grew up in and trained in. And so it's going to be really cool to once again, play the ignorant character that has strong <laughs> motivations. That's me. That's Wonderful. Boy. Thank you. All right, Stevie. So <laughs> we're talking about childhood experiences with Star Wars. I remember, and don't make fun of me. Cause I will. It might have been a lava e scene from Lord of the Rings, and I mixed it up with the lava e fight with between Anakin and Obi Wan. But I remember thinking, "Wow, this is boring as hell." <laughs> but <laughs> oh, like no. kid version of Freeze, that, my queen, like, at bro. my grandma's, and I was like a little kid. Like I was, not, I wasn't younger than ten, so I guess I was probably like a tween because it was on a t television. But like I just remember being like, "Wow, I wish we could watch." something else <laughs> and just I did not like it but my first experience watching it as was as an adult was I don't remember what episode it is but I know that it begins when they're in the city and there's that bounty hunter oh what attack of the clones attack of the clones Joseph's favorite yeah. how do you know how I'm sure I there know? are many All episodes right. where there are cities and bounty hunters no, no, it's how it no. begins. It's oh. really just <laughs> <laughs> like 
and don't make fun of me, but earlier when you were like, oh, Attack of the Clones, I was like, oh, is that the one with the clones? <laughs> attack? To be fair, there are a few with clones. And then I was like, and wow, they attack, I it bet. probably they do. is. <laughs> but, yeah, so I started watching that because my friends were like, you don't need to watch episode one. And it's blasphemy. Yeah. And so no. it was super boring <laughs> again. And I was like, wow, I hate his hair. Because <laughs> he's a stupid Padawan braid. That's fair. I, hate I have a question. So yeah. And maybe I haven't been paying attention. Whose hair? Uh, Anakin. Yeah. yeah. With the little Padawan business, tiny yeah. rat. Well, he was a Jedi. At I don't know time. why I asked. No. This means no. nothing. He was me. still a Padawan. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Trust so, me. Okay. Right. Yeah, um, it was what kept me from continuing watching it. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm not disputing the stupid uh, break yeah, thing. I would like I to point out that Obi Wan looked much better yes. than Anakin. Oh, with definitely. The, yeah, the braid. So. I don't. I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, that's my Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> there we go. Obi Wan was a better looking paladin than heard. Anakin as a paladin. <laughs> Everyone knows. Paladin. <laughs> Padawan. I'm sorry. No, you were right. I'm sorry. It, no, they're basically Doing the same nerd thing. Doing crossovers. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but then my first time watching a full Star Wars movie was actually Rogue One. Ooh, that's a great so, one. Which was like, I guess, a really good one to start with. Yes. And then I watched, I want to say we watched four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah, and then mm. I eventually, like, later sat down with Damien and actually watched all of them. And I have watched all of them once. <laughs> and so there's a lot of information, if you can't tell, that I just mix up. I literally don't remember seeing Qui-Gon at all in the movies. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's my I love like, Qui-Gon. Me? Like, either. <laughs> I know he exists, and I, I, in my mind, he's a ghost. I mean... Yeah. But, like, I don't remember anything he says, anything he does. I don't remember any of it. Just know Wait. that he is the best. And that... I vaguely remember. I have... I I just got, like, a picture of, like, in my head of him, like, not a ghost. But he's just chilling. Did you he's know... He's in deserty business. That Liam Neeson, who Liam plays Qui-Gon Jinn, mm -hmm. was so tall that they had to remake all of the sets for the Phantom Menace because they got him on set and they were like, wow, these trees aren't tall enough. <laughs> I don't know if that's a direct quote, but I remember reading that yeah. in the uh, Guinness Book I of say. World Records that I used to get as a kid. And they always had these like, did you know facts? And I would always flip to the Star Wars ones. <laughs> and that's like the one thing that I got out of reading as a child. So I mean, you're... do you need anything more? No, <laughs> not at all. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just really excited about Qui-Gon. You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be so obnoxious. No, please do, because I have nothing no. to contribute to this. I'm like, I'm like, did you know I know nothing about Star Wars? <laughs> but but if I, I clicked a button, and I'm looking at a map. Then I watched all of them, and they're pretty good. Like, it's just the, I think it was just, everyone was like, oh, you haven't watched Star Wars? And I was like, no, I haven't. But then I was like, kind of bummed that it put it off for so long that's fair and i still don't know very much about it and i've watched a little bit of uh Go on. clone wars clone wars 
but very spotty. I just kind of, I'll get into it sometimes when Damien is watching and then I won't, I'll miss an entire arc or like half an arc. I don't know what happened with Savage. <gasps> I don't know who that is. I don't know. I still don't know yet either. I, oh. I haven't gotten to see any finale with him yet. But it's on now sponsored Disney Plus. It yeah. is. Yes. Oh, yes. easy. I have an account. My friends made me an account to watch stuff on. And I've yet to watch anything. <laughs> there you go. But they made me an account on their. And they gave me the username and yeah, password. Yeah, you could literally so watch me, all of the movies. Being the also. asshole friend, haven't <laughs> hasn't hasn't used it yet. Clone Wars. That's where you where, where you were saying you yeah, left off. That's my lot. Like, and I don't. I've watched The Mandalorian. Ugh, so good. Yeah. So good. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Can I be honest that, though? I like literally only Western. care about The Mandalorian. I've like, seen two Grove count them. Two random him. episodes of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. That's including was... season one and two. Cute. Oh, no. But... Cute. <laughs> He was like, cute till he started eating things. Yeah, the Mandalorian he, eating like or like yep. the little Yoda. You'll never know until you I guess I won't. <laughs> no, it's, it's the, the little Yoda. His name. I mean, I guess that yeah. makes sense. Endangered it's species, awful. like the last all? of their yeah. kind. He eats like frog eggs. Frags? Yeah. Frags. No. Disgusting. That's gross. Yeah. yeah. They're like almost Bibbidi as big bobbidi. as his head. Hop. Yeah, but. Yeah. I think that's all I have as far as like my experience with Star Wars. I'm not, I've okay. not ever been like a big, huge fan, but I'm not like not a fan. Like me. That's fair. Yeah. So tell us about your character. Ooh, my character's name is Daisy. Cause I don't want to pronounce her real name, but is Daisy it? is her nickname because she has yellow eyes and white skin. She's a Twi'lek. Which is like a humanoid type. They have different colors of skin. I don't remember what colors they normally have. Pretty much everything. I th- yeah, I think yeah. that I know that there's like blue and purple and red, but um, white's not exactly a common color, but that's just what she got. And they have Leku. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they have Leku instead of hair, which is just kind of like two tentacles. Chilling on their head. Um, when you say it like yeah. that, it's like, ooh. But yeah. that's really like the it's, best yeah. description it looks of like it. Like pigtails. Yeah. Like pigtail tentacles. And yeah. it's that's, cute, that's on the, cute. Yeah. on the girls, but like on the dudes, it's ugly it's because they got butt the heads. <laughs> I was going to say they have like butt got, chin heads. Oh, I think that's why I didn't want to watch Star Wars either because the dude with the boobs on his head. <laughs> and I remember thinking he was ugly. I was like, wow, I hate him. Are I don't you like looking about at Bib him. Fortuna. Probably. The one Probably. In, in Jabba's palace. Probably. Okay, I I'm so. sorry. I know. I, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I remember thinking, wow, that guy's ugly. <laughs> like, not. And Jabba. I didn't like looking at him either. No one so. likes looking at him. Yeah, Jabba's- I didn't like looking at ugly thing. Wesley, he's a big a like kid and I was slugged. Honest. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Daisy was actually born um, into slavery. Her mom was like a, I don't know what she did. She was a, slave. a laborer. Um, I don't know. What, I know they're Trandoshans, but I don't know what the planet's called. It's called Trandosha. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, it's all good. On, just uh a slave on Trandosha. <laughs> um, and eventually, because of her white skin, she was taken because it's more of a rare thing. And it, they're just like, wow, looks cool. 
she was actually used as like an acrobatic I don't know what to call it but a performer I guess acrobatic performer yeah it's in a circus type entertainment thing Um, so the Jedi at some point caught wind of like that this was going on and they eventually like smuggled her out and so now she is just really grateful to the Jedi that rescued her and she wants to become the just best Jedi that she can and help those who can't help themselves because like without the Jedi coming in doing that exactly that she would have still just been a slave and who knows what she would have been doing right now awesome that's pretty much it all right well i am very excited to get started and we will meet back up for session one sounds good all right right.